Good morning. How are you today? A little irritated at trying to get you on the Skype call. <laughs> well, I was uh, tied up. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're not answering, man. You're sending texts, and then you don't answer. And then I text you to say, set yeah, up, I, and you don't I, answer. I had <laughs> as I was leaving the seat yeah. there. Yeah. And I went into my room. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> I'm just ranting. <laughs> but anyway, when I got in my room, of course, well, what do I find? All the stuff mom piled on my seat, so I can't even sit down. <laughs> but that's normal. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're cutting in and Hello. out. But I can hear you. Plug. Oh, there we go. It just hadn't connected yet. Yeah. I don't know why it took so long. Anyway, I'm... I like working off the computer better, so I sure when I don't use it that often, I pick it up, and now I got a whole bunch of crap, you know, popping up. And... Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, how are you this morning? Not too bad, not too bad. Walked a mile I and a half this morning before before the show. Wow. Before what? Before we sat down to do our show, I oh, uh, oh. I started. I'm on my sixth week. So uh, as of Monday, I started doing uh, walks every morning with uh, my sister-in-law, Erin. She gets up and walks in her neighborhood, and I walk in mine. We just call each other and talk while we're walking. Oh, that's interesting. I, I was just going to tell you that for whatever reason, sometime during the night, I, I woke up because I still I forgot to take off my uh, or turn off my pad podcast. Mm -hmm. And it got to a podcast from KCAA, <laughs> and it was just at the be just at the beginning of your last uh, on the brink show back. I think it yep. said May of twenty twenty one or something like that. Yep, sounds about right. So anyway, I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> <laughs> I so, have no recollection you know, of anything about that particular show, but I just yeah, that's yeah. I kind of miss it sometimes. Yeah. I enjoyed the the. Well, it was just another milestone, you know. But yeah. you know, but it was a good, good entertaining yeah. show. Yeah, I got to hear hear Aaron laugh. I always enjoy that. Yeah, she has such a such a cheerful. Uh, her personality comes through in her giggle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and. Uh, Got to hear all you're talking about the Brinker family and all of that. I enjoyed mm -hmm. that. It was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. And that being the last show, isn't that when Tobin joined us for? Yes, Tobin Again, was on So there. he came back on, and so we were all there to say sort of farewell to radio. Although I say that, she still does a weekly radio show. Um, oh, it's yeah. uh, sponsored by her employer, and it's uh, a weekly radio show that talks about stuff going on in the community in San Bernardino. That's the yeah. He he's always been focused on uh, local things. You know, not not him. He has nothing to do with this. It has Aaron is well, doing okay. a regular radio show. He's not on it. I'm not on it. She does it, and it's yeah. part of her job because her job works with local people and local families and uh, chi early childhood development. Oh, I guess I didn't really know what her job was. Yeah. So she's a, a city employee, or nope? It's a uh, she is the number two person in a privately run charity 
that um, she actually is the primary uh, fundraiser and grant writer for the organization. And they've got her and her boss and uh, maybe a dozen uh, part-time employees. And they put on, um, uh, in conjunction with the school district, they are co-sponsored by a school district, the San Bernardino School District. They do, um, um, it's called Infant Toddler Success. And so it's early childhood development classes. It's parenting classes. It's, it's providing food. Uh, they coordinate with some other charities in the area to, uh, you know, make sure that kids have uh, clothes and, you know, something under the Christmas tree. And, and oh, that's uh, great. That's great. And they, you know, they do, uh, uh, you know, counseling for young parents who don't have somebody to turn to when, when they're stressing out about what to do with kids and things like that. So they do a lot of uh, really good work. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, and a big, she, she does her, her, the big chunk of her job is like I said, writing grants and doing fundraising to keep the whole thing afloat. So that's what she does is, is, uh, uh, a lot of, um, uh, uh, interfacing with government agencies and, uh, and private agencies that have money that are looking for ways to invest in different, uh, um, charities. And so she, you know, she's the one who goes out and says, well, here's what we do and here's our charity and. We can hmm. sure use some some money to keep it going, and so that's. Oh yeah, well that's you know. and that's grand- an important thing about any oh, business yeah. or whatever you know. Yeah, gonna- keep the revenue source coming in, and that's her job, you know. And so, and grant writing is basically you know a combination of knowing what's out there and available, and then understanding the rules about how to to request that funding, you know. Uh-huh. And and each different source has their own rules and deadlines and things like that. So she has. Well, a lot of what she does is very deadline driven. I mean, it's got to be, you yeah. know, on this this date. And then they do things like they just recently did a, a big uh, community thing where they had uh, like a thousand people show up to a uh, trunk or treat event for kids to give them a safe yeah. place to trick or treat. And uh, and of course, then you 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 know talk about that and and have photos that you then share with with people who are willing to. Uh, to uh, make donations and so that was you know it's a yeah you, you com- try to combine as much as what you do with with ways to market it back to the people who have money or yeah. the organizations that have money so so yeah. yeah no they do a lot of really good work i've uh been to a couple of their events and done some f- uh, photography for them and uh, yeah yeah sounds great so uh you want to start the show i threw a bunch of stuff up uh, i saw that need to talk about it all but it's just uh you know something that i thought mm-hmm. variety of topics we can kind of pick and choose okay well let <clears> me <throat> uh get the music going here Happy, happy day to you all. This is Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack. That's the two generations that will be here today. How you doing? Oh, the old generation's doing just fine. Yeah? <laughs> I was yep. going to say, I, I, I'm the old generation. You're the older generation. We don't have any young generations here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess it depends how you, how yeah. you see you, you know? 
Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, because if you look at, I just saw a list the other day somewhere, and it was like listing all of the named generations. They went back to like the 1400s, you know, and it's like, there's the greatest generation and the baby boomer generation. And, the, you know, and they go through all these generations. And, and we both fall, you are on the very early cusp of the baby boom generation. And I'm the very back end of the baby boom generation, which typically ends about like 1964. Well, so we're well, actually in the same generation. Well, I'm pr- I'm pre baby boomers. Well, the w- it depends on where extend, it didn't extend back to to forty. Yeah, it depends on where they draw the line. Um, yeah. You know, it's um, uh, you know, but it's yeah. Uh, I, I I know, but there was there's a pretty significant difference between mm-hmm. my generation and the baby boom generation. Yeah, and at well, the time I, I almost kind of resented. In fact, I didn't remember that we that my generation even had a name. It was kind of like it started with the baby boomers, I, at least in my sensibility. Yeah. Uh, whether it's true or not, you know. I, no, I mean, like I said, I, I found a list that went all the way back to the 1400s listing every generation. The generation prior to the baby boomers was called the silent generation. But I haven't ever seen you be silent. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's you know, it's uh, somebody's... Uh, idea yeah. of how to characterize a group right that doesn't really work yeah it you can make some real generalized statements but it, it doesn't work it's funny because yeah g- the generally accepted date range for the baby boomers is 1946 to 64 so it's you know you were the tail end of the silent generation mm-hmm. just like i'm the tail end of the baby boomer generation and uh, since we're both sort of you know on the cusp we probably have things in common with both a little yeah. bit, you know, yeah. um, uh, at least when they start drawing out like, um, you know, specific, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. beliefs and, and, and act patterns of action and stuff as they, as they behave, behavioral patterns, I guess is what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, I, I've seen the baby boom generation end just before my birth date, and and but it seems like they've sort of settled on the '64, which then puts me, you know, a couple years before the end of it. So I yeah. technically am a boomer, um, but uh, I never, you know, our family uh, uh, birth cycle has not like lined up neatly with the the uh, the prescribed generations, right? You know. Right. Anyway. Uh... I was thinking uh, the other day about uh, this and and what it meant to my parents uh, having kids at mm-hmm. the time that I was born and my well you know we my family there were four kids and then a big break and then two more later but the first four of us were born you know uh, uh, before forty four or forty late forty three uh, when the U S joined the war and so basically. The, the four of us, or at least the three of the mm-hmm. first three, had a big impact on my dad's uh, eligibility for the draft in the World War II. Right. Now, now, there was one other important factor, and that was also that he was a farmer. But uh, they didn't draft families with lots of kids for yeah. pretty obvious reasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. You need somebody there to help provide for that family. You can't have the... Yeah. You know, un- And that, un- was a t- that was a time when, when provide for was meant was pretty much 100% or 99% meant the man. Well, right? and out in farming country, I mean, there there were no jobs and women didn't even work out of the home in those days, so there would've been no way of getting any income, especially when you had babies and all right. that, you know. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's put it this way: the, the the women on the farm worked their butts off, but they worked on the farm just like the men did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, it's it's interesting to kind of consider mm-hmm. the important things like that that really impact your family and and all, yeah, you know. Well, it's funny because we were talking about generations and stuff. You know, the baby boomers, um, you know, I fall right at the tail end of that. Uh, Generation X is next. We don't have anybody in our family who's a Gen Xer. My daughters fall into the millennials, which is the next one up. And yeah. the millennials are like the early 80s to the to – the, or, or 80s through the 90s. And uh, But they're right at the end of the millennials, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're at the end of their generational – demographic just like I am uh and and just like you are really I mean you know you're a little bit further back but not much I mean mm-hmm. you know uh so it's uh it's real interesting to see you know where they fall and who's who's who yeah uh, well mo- but mostly the generation is characterized by what's going on in the world at the time that yeah of, yeah um, I I really push back a lot on things that try to to define, you know, uh, behavior and, and personality traits by generation, because I think you're right. It probably has more to do with things that are going on in the world. Now, that said, things that are going on in the world tend to be cyclical in a lot of ways, too. And so you can, um, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, it's those who were growing up during the Depression and came out of the Depression, you know, make you know saying the statement that these people were probably much more careful with their money than than the generations before and after well yeah that's because they grew up when you know money was in short supply and everybody was struggling and and yeah. so you know yeah. i mean that's 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 a that's not a reflection of of you know the people so much as the time and the uh, and the world around them as they were as they were growing you know right. but right. uh but it's it's valid to say that i mean yeah probably you yeah. know by, by the way, looking back, I really appreciated you sending me those pictures of that old uh, Plymouth. Oh yeah, I just pulled into the gas station to fill up my and, tank, and, and this beautiful old 1940 Plymouth was parked across from me. And so I asked the guy, "Could I take some pictures?" Because it was just, it was a gorgeous vehicle. I mean, he had it in really good, yeah, you know, uh, good state of repair or res- restoration, and just looked beautiful. Neat old car. And in the back seat, he had two kids in car seats and, and a third, like, toddler that was in a – or they were in, like, the car, the the baby carrier-like car seats, you know. And then the third one that was in a in a booster seat type thing. And, of course, she unbuckled herself and was looking out the window while he was filling up. And so yeah. she was, like, smiling and waving at me. Yeah, I, I was wondering if he talked about his car much to you. Um, just a little bit, you know, he, he, I mean, if you look at the picture that I have of the front right next to the license plate, he has a little sign that says 40. So, uh, he had told me it was a 40 and I said, yeah, I was guessing about a 38. And, uh, and so seeing that it was a 40, whoops, uh, was, uh, was cool. And if you notice on the, on the passenger side, they had the, uh, the window swamp cooler air conditioner in the back. Exactly. I was going to mention that since we had had one when I was growing up. Uh, yeah, ours was a, a you know about three or four years later. Right. But they were. But they. This was prior to any kind of other air conditioning in the car. Right. And and it was very good in Kansas at the time because the climate in Kansas was dry, like it 
currently is in Arizona or California. Uh, that changed over the years because they built a lot of large dams mm-hmm. and, and that provided a more humid climate. Uh, big bodies of water always do impact the sure. climate in the area. So anyway. The uh, other thing I thought was interesting was the um, the leather case on the outside. I didn't ask him what that case was or what it was in for, but it was affixed to the running board. But it's right yeah. below the air conditioner. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with having ever seen one of those before. Yeah, but it clearly yeah. was part of the car. It was meant to be there and affixed yeah. to the vehicle. So Yeah, there were, there were two other things on the car that really attracted my attention, more so even than the air conditioner. And, and well, and I didn't know about the case, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, w- one is it was common in those early days to have these, and I don't know exactly what year it started, but to have spotlights on your car. Right. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, yeah. they finally like, banned them because people mis- misused them. You know, you flash right. those in somebody's eyes when they're coming down the road and, you, yeah. you know, you're, you're you can, really creating a problem. Yeah. Well, it's like what's on the police cars, what you're talking about. It's like in the, in the wing window of the, of the door. And, uh, and this one has it, it's in the, on the passenger side, there's a, uh, yeah. and, and basically there's a handle that goes through that window space that you can then tilt and rotate to aim that spotlight while you're driving down the road. That's right. And, and, mm-hmm. and Jim and I used to go hunting in our car mm-hmm. and, you know, have our shotguns right there beside us so that if we could stop, if we stopped past, you could get out of the car and, mm-hmm. and shoot at something. But, you know, we would spot a, a deer or something occasionally. Yeah. Uh, or a fox or, you know, you name it. And we'd, we'd get out and, and, uh, and if you put a spotlight on an animal for whatever reason, they kind of freeze to look at you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a weird reaction, but it, yeah. you know, it, it's unfavorable to the animal. They just hadn't adapted <laughs> right. to, uh, to, to the technology. Yeah. I wonder if like, you know, mule deer and stuff have learned and like, if you shine them, they, they then take off running now or do they still stop and freeze and stare back into the light? I don't know. I, I, I suspect they still stop. It's not something that's easily learned or taught to their, to their, uh, yeah. But you would think that that, that like those that had a tendency to run were able to then live and multiply. And those that had a tendency to freeze (laughs) (laughs) didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it may have had some impact, but it's got, takes a long time for those. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, anyway, and uh, as, and regarding lights also in the front, those yellow looking lights are uh-huh. fog lights. Right. And, you know, you don't see uh-huh. cars with fog lights hardly anymore. But uh, in certain areas, uh, coastal areas especially, although we mm-hmm. did have a lot of fog out in Kansas even in, in mm-hmm. certain seasons. Oh, really? Uh, the but, last, the, the two cars that I own now both have fog lights as did the pre- pre- previous car. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They're just built into the bumper so you don't notice them anymore. But they're yeah. built in, you know. Well, I, I, I don't think there's any on mine. Really? I, yeah. They're not there, very it, noticeable. But. It may have been an option that was just happened to be on the vehicles that I got. I don't know. The thing yeah. that I thought was interesting was the fact that the um, uh, both the headlights, and it's hard to tell in the picture, but both headlights have like a little uh, eyelash brow thing above it. Yeah. Like a little louver. And then they've got that over the front window, too. A, uh, like a shade thing that sticks out over the window so that you don't get the sun on your dash and in your eyes. Yes, uh, that was a kind of a popular option over the windshield uh, in in mm-hmm. the day. Uh, it was called a visor. 
Right. Unlike the little visors that are inside, this is a mm -hmm. big visor outside, and they didn't right. have them inside. So it was just another option to sell the car. Mm -hmm. But uh, Dad bought them on the Hudsons that we owned. Yeah. And, uh, and the little things on the windows weren't usually standard things, and they, I think, were had some name French for whatever it was. It was French. Thing on the windows, what are you referring to? Or you meant on the, on, the, on the headlights? On the headlights. Oh, sorry. yeah, the little eyelash things over the headlights, yeah. For, for whatever reason, I, they, when I was a kid, we bought those, on, and we, that was part of customizing a car. just kind of made them look cool. It was like an eyelid or something, you know. Right, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like eyelashes. Yeah, you know? eyelashes. But it's like a little, a little uh, louver over the top of the, of the headlight. And you think about it, it's like you don't need to keep sun out of the headlight. I did. There's no real reason for that. That's just no. completely a a you know uh, uh, for decorative looks. Yeah, feature. it's completely direct. Yeah, exactly. Decorative is the word. Um, you know, unlike the the one over the windshield, which actually would keep the sun out of your eyes. Although if you're tall, you got to then squat down to see out of it. So uh, you know, it's a six of one, half dozen of the other. Well, they they were adjustable, but you had to stop and get out to adjust them. Sure. You know, that that one over the window. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, you set it up for you, right? Right. <laughs> if somebody else is borrowing your car; they got to deal with it. Oh. But uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. No, it's um, it it was a it was a a pleasant stop to see. The guy was uh, you know, friendly and and uh, was filling well, it up and. Well, the you know. other thing is, is that I I suspect that a car of this age was definitely restored. Uh, oh yeah, because it, that shiny coat coat of black paint is just gorgeous. It looks really nice, you know. Yeah, and it was. I, there were no I, dings. I, I no doubt nicks. if it even looked that good when the when the car came from the factory. Yeah, know, because they got much better paints these days. Yeah, but typically, if you're going to restore a car of that age, black is the right choice because most cars were black. Up to yeah, then. yeah, that was probably the original color. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting too. If you look at the um, at the headlights, uh, there's yeah. that little eyelash right above the headlight is another little glass light, and I that must be the turn signal. I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's interesting too so. because like more modern cars are required to have a turn signal that can be seen by from the side of the car, and right. that one really can't. <laughs> you no. have to, you see that in the front, and 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 I don't have a picture of the back. Well. But, uh, the, the other thing is it looks clear like it's just going to be a regular light, but I'm sure it's a lot dimmer compared to the headlight. Oh, and it, sure. And blinking, it wouldn't make it that obtrusive. Yeah. Uh, but it is well, a, it's clearly a lens when you zoom in on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so it's another little glass cover. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a light if, for of some, some sort. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is is that the, um, you know, they, the, the rules about the color of specific lights and stuff on the vehicle – those mm -hmm. were, you know, they, those weren't necessarily in place at, at, you know, in 1940, they, the rules have become more standardized over time. You know, it's like, you know, your backup yeah. light is clear and your, your brake light is red and, you know, and some of that stuff was fairly normal, you know, early on, but I, I don't know if you were aware of it, but, uh, production of automobiles, uh, slowed down and terminated for probably three or four years. Now, oh, sure. During I, World I, War II, they stopped. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and they didn't resume until late 45. So mm -hmm. you can't buy a 43, 44 uh, model of anything uh, because mm -hmm. the factories went into building Jeeps and military vehicles. Yeah, Jeeps and tanks and airplanes and whatever else. Yeah. 
Oh, the picture up on the front end of the car, you see the little girl sitting in the back seat. She's looking at me. Uh, in the back seat? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the picture of the front of the car. I'm uh, looking at the front. She, if you look oh, right, over the, like, right over the steering wheel, you see yeah. her. She's kind of like leaning out the back window, and she like turns her head and looks straight at me while I was taking that picture. That was kind of cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I if I had a more interesting background, I would really like that photo, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> unfortunately, it's uh, uh, not exactly. Uh... Well, any, anyway, the other thing is about the uh, spotlight. The one on the driver's side uh, is red. Is, is red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes you think this must have been a police car because I don't think, you know, I, I don't recall ever seeing a red spotlight. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if it was a police car, then you think that he's probably added some of these options because I doubt that the police car had the uh, would have the uh, the sunshade over the front and probably not the air conditioning and so so some of the some of the add-ons were probably not original if this was a, indeed a police car, but it's a pretty car. It really or, is. Yeah, or somebody just could have bought a, a red lens and put it on that thing, you know. Yeah. If if it was available. Mm-hmm. So. You know, maybe he had the um, the the light thing was already installed, and he needed to replace a lens, and and the red one was what was available, you know, from a yeah. salvage place. And so he said, "Well, I'll, just, I'll put the red one on there," because I doubt that he uses those. You know, those are just there for right show right now. I mean, I'm I'm looking at that bag that's sitting on the running board, mm-hmm. and it seems to me it should have been mounted the other way. So if it rains, water doesn't run down inside your bag, but as it stands, it yeah. looks like it's, it's going to gather water. Yeah. There. Yeah. In fact, the, the, the leather looks a little wilted, like it maybe has gotten, well, when you, when you wash the car, it's got to, you know, unless there's some way to like disconnect it and take it off when you're washing the vehicle. Well, I figure that's really what happens. It's just a attachment somehow. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. But sure. I have no idea what that's, you know, why is that luggage there? Why wouldn't you put that in the trunk? I don't understand. What, I should have asked him because I, you know, now I'm befuddled as to what that what that's there for. Um, but uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there who knows that's like, oh yeah, that was a. And a, anyway, the uh, a little description of what the old uh, water coolers uh, were like were really like. Uh, the one we had was on the front door where Mom got this blast of air. That came through that thing right at her face. <laughs> oh yeah, she must have loved that. So she get in the car and put to, a put a, a scarf over her hair <laughs> immediately, yeah, even though she's. Yeah, it's probably better to have it installed in the back. However, in order for this thing to work on a regular basis, you have to push a little pump button that pumps water that drops down over the the wood uh, mesh that is used uh, as a. Uh, air filter in, in other words adds the moisture to the air as it's blowing through uh so the dry air hits this water that's in this mesh of uh, and it's a redwood so it has a nice smell redwood filter and uh and if you're the person sitting there you don't want too much water because mm-hmm. it starts blowing in your face and you get sprinkled on too <laughs> oh yeah depending on the speed of the car and everything so you know it's it's a, you need somebody to sort of manually operate this pump as, you know, on a fairly regular basis and, uh, and also try to avoid directing the, uh, the air right into somebody's face. So it, anyway, mm-hmm. we only had one car with it and mom didn't like it at all because uh, as I said, getting the 
Boom. Yeah. It blew right on her face. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Put his, see, this one at least blows out in the back seat, right? Right. M- messed up the hairdo and all that sort of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine that blowing right into your face was not a pleasant experience. But, but the car that we had that on, we took a trip from Kansas all the way to Oregon with that car. Mm-hmm. And the demise of the car happened the day we drove into her hometown. The mom and dad were so excited to be in Albany, New York. And dad didn't see a red light and ran a red light oh, and no. we got broadsided. And I was in the back seat along with uh, my three siblings. We didn't have the youngest ones at the time. And, uh, anyway, uh, we fortunately, uh, survived the jolt without injury. Uh, the guy, I guess, hit on the, hit the brakes quick enough that he didn't hit us mm-hmm. that hard, but it really mashed both doors, you know? So we couldn't yeah. get out that side. So. Hmm. Anyway, it was a pretty traumatic thing, and, and I don't know, I don't recall how we got home. I guess Dad, you know, traded it in for the next car. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, or jumped yeah. it. Yeah, well, when you, you know, were somehow. a kid, you didn't think about that stuff. But Albany, New York, I thought she was, uh, her family no, was. Not, not New York. Uh, Albany, Oregon. Okay, that's what, you, yeah, you said New York, and that's why I was confused. I'm like. I, oh, I, I did? I th- yeah, and that's why I was thought, like, what, what the heck? Why is her family? I thought she was from the other coast. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. Albany. Yeah. Okay. I, I misspeak sometime and don't even know. Yeah. It. Well, you know, you say Albany, <laughs> New York rolls off your t- tongue, uh, yeah. pretty quickly. Like I didn't realize the other day I was, um, uh, trying to think, Oh, I know what it was. I was doing, you know, the Wordle game that you play. I was playing Wordle. Do you remember oh. the one? And it said the easternmost, um, capital in the United States. Uh, no. It's in, I figured it had to be Maine, right? Because it's, you know, what's going to be the furthest east, it's going to be Maine. Well, the, the easternmost is, uh, no, Maine is further east than Florida by a long shot. Oh, it is. Okay. And, and but it, it'll throw you because the capital of Maine, Augusta. Augusta, Maine. And when you I think for, of Augusta, know, most people think Augusta, Florida, right? Yeah. Or you Augusta, know, Georgia, rather. I'm sorry. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had to learn the capitals long like every kid growing going through grade school. But right. I, I haven't thought of them so long, I can't name very many capitals at all anymore. Yeah. Even though I traveled around the country and took pictures at various capitals yeah. as we traveled through, you know, those towns. Uh-huh. And so a number of them, we stopped and actually toured the ca- the, the capital. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's and, typically uh, 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 interesting to th- thing to see in a different state, right? Yeah, it yeah. Uh, it you know makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I didn't. I had to scratch my brain. I, I probably couldn't tell you the capital of a lot of states. You know, I could tell you like some of the major cities, right? You know, but to remember the actual capital of that state. Um, you know, some of the states we lived in, I know, you know, like I know, you know, New Mexico and California. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Augusta, Maine, for whatever reason, uh, took me a while, but I remembered that. And so then I was able to, uh, to, to spell that out in the Wordle game. Yeah. The, the other thing, I just went to the, the, the side view of the two pictures that you sent me mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't really noticed before, and that is the back uh, tire is barely visible, and by the way, they're all white walls from those days, the tires. Right, yeah. Uh, but the tire had this cover, and, and it had a name. And a, a, yeah, so the wheel well is what, filled in with um, with a 
uh, solid piece of of steel that that means that the bottom line of the vehicle runs across the wheel. So all you see is just a little wedge of the wheel sticking out at the bottom, because the rest of it is is covered up by this this um, uh, panel that yeah. covers up the wheel well. The panel that we can't think of the name of. Yeah. Anyway, we used to have uh, those were very optional on cars up to maybe the 60s. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a cool thing when you had a car to to buy those and put them on your car. Uh, uh, and and we did because we lower the car and it just looked cooler when it was that back wheel was mm-hmm. kind of covered. So anyway. So uh, anyway, I would really enjoyed seeing this car. And I love to go to old car shows. I I was thinking that guy uh, probably was showing this thing off at various car shows. I mean, you don't own a car like this to drive it regularly. You know, you don't want to wear it out, but just to keep it in. Yeah. uh, Well, this was Sunday afternoon, so he might have been going to or from a show or, or, uh, you know, maybe just taking it out on a Sunday drive with his kids. Yeah, Um, because this is like a, this is like a, uh, a museum coming to you, you know, kind of car shows. Uh, and oftentimes they're, they're just so enjoyable. There's a town in Nebraska that's not too far mm-hmm. from where I lived in Northern Kansas that farmers used to just take Sunday afternoon drives and go up to this little town. And it was largely because one of the, uh, former residents of the town had made a fortune in Chicago, I think it was, and just enjoyed collecting. Mm-hmm. And so he bought cars. Uh, of vintage origin that were really in great shape, and he kept the collection out in this little town in Nebraska. And half the town was basically his property now. It had grown on this one side of the town, and it was fenced off, and you had paid an admission to go into the park. It was kind of like going to a Disneyland thing. Mm-hmm. And it had stuff indoors as well as outdoors. But the major thing everybody was talking about, maybe it was because I was a teenager at the time and loved cars. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd, we'd go up there and spend a whole day without even going in the in, inside museums, just looking at cars. Uh, because, I mean, he had a lot. Starting from the original Model T Ford, you know, he had one that didn't have that many miles on it. I mean, mm-hmm. because he could he could afford to buy the best of the collector's cars during that era. Right. You know, one of the early collectors. There's a I guy who I... lives uh, around the corner from me that has a really nice looking Model T. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's probably the original color, but it's it's in this like pale yellow color, which I don't care for at all. But yeah. but that's probably why he's kept it that way is because that was probably, you know, the original. And that was unusual because, you know, or, or uh, uh you know, I think originally that wasn't Ford famous for saying you can have it any color you want as long as it's black. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's what yeah. Ford said. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, and then later there were different ones, and I'm sure people went and painted them. But uh, anyway. I, I don't know why I said outside, by the way, because the cars were obviously valuable and kept mm-hmm. inside of buildings. Mm-hmm. They just had special kind of show barns or something, uh, I would kind of call them. They weren't Quonset huts. They were nicer looking buildings, but nevertheless, he, the Model T was carefully uh, in controlled environment. Sure. You know, they... Speaking of car car collections and stuff, you know, um, Jay Leno has a really rare car collection, over 150 vehicles worth, uh, they say, up to $50 million. 
and he canceled a a uh, show on uh, the weekend because apparently Friday when he was in his in his quote garage in a huge warehouse there was a uh, an engine fire blew up in his face and he's got third degree burns and is in the hospital. Yeah, I I heard the story that news mm-hmm. announcements. I didn't hear that. The car blew up. I didn't know how. Well, it happened. I, I said blew up. A, a, a an engine fire started. I you know, but it it uh, it it apparently burned him on you know his one hand really badly and up his arm and into his face even, and uh, so they're talking uh, about like skin grafts and they said you know he should be able to recover from it but he's going to be pretty darned uncomfortable. I'll tell you that that's a very very painful injury. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's got to be really, really uncomfortable, I'm sure. Burns require special care. and mm-hmm. Not all hospitals can even do that. They right. Usually send you to a specialist. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they, the, the big fear once, once after the fact is, is infections because your skin right. is your, your barrier to the germs of the world. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's going to be okay and, you know, uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure get updated as time goes by, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, they just call them wheel covers from what I can see or fender guards. Uh, the covers I was just looking. Yeah. That's guard guard. That's the word. Fender guards. Wheel guard. You're right. So anyway, uh, an hour from now, your mom and I have got to be in the car and on our way. So, yeah, so uh, I I just uh, wanted to call attention to a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one one is that uh, companies depend on uh, penetrating privacy. Now this article has to do with several companies uh, oh, that it says. Oh, oh wait a minute, I'm re- I didn't read the title here. Uh, how to share your location with satellites. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you? Where are you talking about? The first one up was the location with satellites, and that was a major feature of the uh, the iPhone 14 was the ability to, when you have no cell service, to via satellite still share your location with people, and yeah. it's done through the Find My app. Yeah. So you go to Find My, and then the Me tab, and then there's an option which uh, you can swipe up to see my location via satellite. Tap send my location, and it'll then send it to a phone number, so you can text it to somebody. So if you're out in the Thule somewhere and you've got no signal, but you still have some battery life, you can let somebody know where you're at. You know, especially if you're needing needing help. I, um, I think that's real cool, and they'll sell a lot of phones because there's people who go out into these remote areas that mm-hmm. where they really. Tell people, oh, I'm going to be out here, but nobody knows they're missing until they've been gone for five hours or, you know. Right. Well, usually they tell you when you go, if you're doing backcountry backpacking like in any national forest and stuff, you're supposed to log a, a, with the, um, with the forest ranger's office, uh, you know, when you're, when you're leaving, what area you're going to be in. And, and when then, you expect and to be back. Exactly. When you're expected back is the key thing there. And if, if you don't show up by that time, then within 24 hours, they'll start looking for you. And a lot of those people have um, Garmin's the biggie in this industry, but they've got other companies that make these basically satellite communicators that do exactly this. But now it's basically built into your phone. And so anybody... You know, you, you hear these tragic stories about, you know, somebody went camping, got disoriented, got lost, and then they find a body. Well, now yep. at least that person can say, hey, here's where I'm at, and they can give them actual GPS coordinates, and somebody can come find you. Um, 
you know, and, and so hopefully this now, will save some now, lives. Now, the problem with that is it's going to take a while for that to get it get into lots of people's phones so you know, well sure you've got it's only in the well, iphone 14 uh, yeah. uh series so yeah you know it's so uh it's but you, it should attract those people that's that's a selling point for those people sure. who need that service sure you know? or even those who occasionally do it will think hey there's a you know a little i've got a backstop now a little bit of safety so if i go hiking in the mountains on occasion i don't have to go right. buy a 400 hundred dollar device I've just got one in my phone just in case, right, if I really need it, if something happens. And right. uh, and so that'll be handy for a lot of people. And like you said, it's whoever bought new phones this year will have it. And then, you know, in subsequent years, so over the next few years, it'll become more ubiquitous. But, uh, um, you know, if you're somebody who does that and you're and you're out, uh, you know, if you're out somebody, somebody who goes out camping and hiking but not, doesn't do it enough to, to spend the money to buy a, an individual device – this would be a reason to buy this phone, you know, an iPhone uh, or the latest iPhone over uh, an alternative phone just because it yeah. gives you that feature. You know, I was thinking when I saw this article that uh, I'll bet you Apple has a group that their job is to look at every device out there that's a special purpose device and and write down its features and how hard it would be implement to implement in the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And they just got this iPhone set up or organization set up to be a magnet for everything that everybody else is charging you too much for. Right. They'll add that as a feature. It's like, how large is the audience for these specialty devices that cost four or $500? And can we just add that feature to a phone so that now they don't have to buy that device? Can we, can we capture that, that audience? Yeah. Right. You know, so, and and yeah, and and so they balance that against how difficult it is. Now, this one, I guess, required that they have a, um, you know, they have to have a satellite partner, right? And so they're partnering with um, one of the satellite companies that you know currently supports like satellite phones and satellite text communications. Um, but I mean, if you're if you're at all into the outdoors, you, you know, it's, you, all you have to do is a quick little search on Amazon. You can find a bunch of. Um, devices that are like sort of GPS-based devices that will also provide, uh, you know, you can get a satellite phone service, but most people, I think, the the more affordable one is the one that just does the satellite texting uh, to send, you know, a help, here's where I'm at, I need need assistance kind of, you know, brief uh, text message to somebody, you know, and also back to, um, um, you know, a a 911 type of number and... uh, and so now that's built into your phone if you, if you need it. So, yeah. the the next article that I posted is seven default settings tech companies don't want you to change. The first assumption I made that was wrong as I re- started to read the article is that they're talking about iPhone. They're not. Just about every phone device out there has their own. So you mm-hmm. you know you can have at least four of them now because the, at least I know of four different brands of phones and. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that were mentioned in there, uh, uh, but they all have to do with whether or not you like to receive personalized information. If you don't really care that the data that your phone provides to you is personalized, because that's largely the argument or excuse for using, uh, the data that's, uh, enabled. And that's why it's enabled Yeah, is that they think that you'll be more pleased with your service, but this article uh, can be alarming if your privacy, uh, concerns, uh, are, are high, you know, 
but a lot of people mm-hmm. are willing and want, in fact, uh, things to be customized a bit for them. Otherwise, you get overwhelmed with crap you don't care about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and in looking at this, I mean, some of the stuff is the same stuff. I mean, one is, you know, tell tell Apple not to track me. Well, then another one is the next, you know, like number three was tell Google not to track me. It's right. Like, well, how about just tell everything not to track me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. as I said, that, that they all have a, a an ulterior motive that's sure. sellable to people. You know, it's up to you to decide. It doesn't mean that absolute privacy is a best situation for everybody, you know? Yeah. Well, exactly. And so what you have to do is balance, you know, the idea of I don't want to be tracked with what is that, you know, add or subtract to my usability of my phone. It's a trade-off we all have to make, you know? Right. One of those things. Yeah. What are you willing to share and with whom? And one of the things that Apple is trying to do is at least make that more granular and more apparent to the end user so you can decide what you want to share and with whom, Um, you know, which makes people like Facebook unhappy because they want you to share everything with them and not really realize what you're doing. You know, yeah. they don't, they, they want it to be just an all or nothing and they don't want to tell you what they're, sh- what you're sharing. You know, they want it to be, don't yeah. bother me. Just give me everything. Let us follow you and track you any way we want. And then we'll make your experience with our product better. Okay. And, you know, it's like, okay, fine. But, you know, do you trust them? You know, yeah, yep. not something I, I personally <clears throat> don't, but, you know, other people might. So, yeah. Anyway, the the next article I found got my attention because I have hearing problems and uh, hearing aids uh, that I all that I wear, and every time I take them on and off, I look at the uh, earpiece to see if I've got any earwax in it. That is usually the biggest mm-hmm. problem, and I'm, and I'm sure this applies to lots of people. Yeah. But the thing I I really brought it forward for has nothing to do with airwax collection, but the fact that you've got a little handheld microscope that uh, lets you, or it's a camera yeah. that lets you look at the, the inner ear or the your ear as you are it's cleaning your, it's it your out. Out, It's your outer ear, but yes. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah. the camera allows you to see a larger view yeah. of what, what you're doing. Yeah. You can see down in the ear canal so you can actually see what's in there. As yeah. opposed to, you know, so, feeling around with your finger or a Q-tip or whatever. So, for you know, it costs 30 bucks. I was shocked expect. at that. The price was, was like, wow, that is really affordable. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to order one. I just yeah. uh, like the idea that uh, if I need one, uh, I have it, you know? Yeah. Uh, They're saying for and, a limited time, you can get the Smart Visual Ear Cleaner for $30. Uh, right. It's regularly 34 or you can get the one with a storage box for 35 and it's regularly 39 so you can have a place to put it, which probably makes sense. You don't want that just rolling around in your drawer with your toothbrush. Well, but, you don't uh, want to break it. It's going to be a ter- you know, a bit uh, fragile, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a small thing by design, by intention. Right. So I think it's actually really cool. Yeah, if you get one, I'd be really interested to see what you think about it. You know, because I can think of, you know, I mean— It'd just be fun to look around, like, you know, stick it up your nose. And see, you can see. Yeah, you, your, you, you, you know, can use it for more than what its intended you know, purpose is. You know, you know <laughs> stick it in the uh, in, in the drain and see if, you know, see if you can see clogs in your drain. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have a long, long snake thing like like some of those cameras do. I actually, yeah. um, you know, I was at, um, at Harbor Freight, you know, which is a discount tools and stuff place. Um, 
you know, and I usually like to get higher quality tools than I than they generally carry. But for some things, I know it's unique. I'm only going to do it once. I don't need to go get a hundred dollar tool. If they've got a thirty dollar tool, I'll do it. You know, um, yeah. if it's something that I'm not going to use regularly. Um, and I ended up returning it because I didn't think it was that great. But I bought a a one of those cameras that's a snake camera that you could like stick down your drain and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting, but it was it was kind of poor quality and i thought you know i if i'm going to do that i should get something better and it's not something i really need uh, to use so i ended up returning it but any, um, it, anyway the picture that's on the uh or it, as a part of the article mm -hmm. that uh they show in the uh in the article uh the main thing in the very center is this little spoon that you're that is made of some kind of soft material that mm -hmm. so that you uh, they don't say you can't damage your eardrum of course you can yeah, but it's so that you can see what what Scoop is out gathering the, the crud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's to help you see what you're yeah. doing with this little scoop. Right. You know. Yeah. And, uh, As somebody so with allergies who's got their nose plugged up all the time, I'm thinking it'd be a great way to pick my nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it, about that, but for my purposes, yeah. I, I just happened to have four doctor's appointments yesterday. Bro, so yeah. uh, one one of them was I've had had nosebleeds for some time. And mm -hmm. if I had this thing, I could look up there and just see what it is that, yeah. you know, that, that, uh, is going on in my nose that where this starts. Now, yeah. once it starts bleeding, I'm sure you'd have blood all over the thing. It, yeah. It yeah. Wouldn't work. <laughs> Complete mess. Yeah. It's like that. I want to gunk up but, my so camera. While it's not bleeding, you mm -hmm. might be able to see, you know, where it was bleeding and right. And, uh, yeah. See what's going on there. All the, yeah. you know, it's, it give you the view that your doctor can see when they take the, the little camera thing and. You know, stick it right. in your ear and your nose. It's basically that's what it's doing. And and the way this works is, at least from what it looks like, is is the camera projects basically onto your phone. So you can use your phone to see what the camera sees while you're, you know, poking around in your ear. Is what it's basically yeah. designed for. So, so anyway, uh, it looks uh, very interesting. Just interesting technology with these little cameras now. They're they're virtually in everything you can think of, uh, including hanging on your. Uh, your rear view mirrors and, uh, whether, you know, to look at the plates or whatever is happening in front of you. Lots of people have those. And, uh, mm -hmm. well, just about anything you can think of. It's all started with that. Uh, uh now it slipped my mind. The name of the company branded their uh, cameras to be with the same name. But anyway, they sold these miniature cameras that people were putting on their bikes and whatever. Mm hmm. So, anyway, moving yeah. on. Go, GoPro is the one you're thinking of. GoPro, yeah. 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 Uh, By the, the way, there's a whole bunch of things that do similar type of things like this in ranges from $20 up to $100 on Amazon. So, you might want to look there too. Uh, okay. Just yeah. to see. But there's, it looks like there's just a ton of them. Well, it's been a it's been a number of years since GoPro kind of got this started, and right. of course today they're smaller and well, these little tiny cameras that they're putting into all of our phones and you know we're on the computers and stuff. I mean, they're sure. they're tiny, so it's like, and, and because they're making them by the millions for phones and for laptops, and it's like, oh well, we could stick that on the end of a a wand, and now we could do other things with it. So it's, yeah. it's interesting use of the technology that already exists that that people are seeing out there. Right. So uh, the the next article kind of goes with another article that I posted to you just a little later. It's but it, this one's exclusive to Amazon. Recent announcements of ten thousand 
people to be laid off, but that's over a period of time. Right. But, but basically if you look down uh, a bit further, it says the, uh, the, one of the big, uh, base or flip, uh, book symbol on it, mm -hmm. uh, tech industry moment of reckoning layoffs. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say Facebook has announced freezes. it, and obviously Twitter has announced it. So there's lots of uh, lots of layoffs but, happening right now. Yeah, I I I bring that or posted that because I think it's kind of uh, indicative of maybe where we're headed, and in fact, these kinds of things really lead to a recession. It's anticipation of a recession at this point, and it's an it's a mm -hmm. maneuver by companies number one to get their stocks back up, and then it pays off. See, Apple's in and Amazon's jumped yesterday, I think three, four percent, five percent, even mm -hmm. some of these companies, and they had been in the doldrums for a long time. Now, uh, that's always good news to the investor when you lay off employees because that's cutting your cost of operation, you know. Uh, even though it's not taking a place right now, it just it just improves the the look from an investor's perspective. Yeah. Uh, but that's a temporary thing. <laughs> well, you, you know, know what? I wish that the uh, and and unfortunately it may not. But I I would love to see the investors uh, punish Apple for the next article, which is Apple starting to put more and more ads into more and more things. And it's like right. you know I pay a premium dollar to get a premium experience, and it irritates the bejesus out of me that Apple is is now starting to place ads in lots of different places in order to increase their ad revenue. And that's a relatively small percentage, but they're, but because it falls under their services sector, they're trying to continue to show growth so that, you know, investors see growth in income. And I would argue that, in, and, and this, this article actually says the same thing, this is something I've thought for quite a while, is that what this does is it harms and tarnishes App, Apple's image as a... Uh, as, as a um, premium product by starting to plaster ads in different places. And I don't care how good your ads are. I was listening to a review the other day, and I have yet to see it because I don't run the beta. But apparently the beta on Apple TV, right now, if you go to the Apple TV uh, home screen, it shows you the, there's the very first thing you see is a row of the most recently viewed things or things that you've been watching. And it, it pops up there and tells you if there's a new uh, new episode available. Well, apparently that's now being moved down to off the main screen. You're going to have to scroll down to see it because the first two rows are going to be things you might like and things uh, that we think you, you know, that we think you, we'd like to show you. And those are both uh, those are both ad sales spots. So they're now going yeah. to take something that I want and use and move it down off the screen so that I have to scroll down to find it and replace it with stuff that I don't want, didn't ask for, and and uh, will now be the take up my primary interface with the with the device and that's not a premium experience i expect that from facebook and google not from apple that's right yeah well I, that's part you your i knew your reaction to this already you've stated yeah. it a number of times and that's why i put it in here because the guy really made the case about the ad business being risky yeah and he goes over you know what what he means by that yeah. and why it just doesn't make sense for a company like apple yeah, it's it'll be a, a short-term bump in revenue and then a long-term loss of supporters and people who are willing to continue to buy. Because at this point, you know, if if, if I start seeing a bunch of ads in my Apple products, I'm going to go, well, then why am I paying extra? I can get 
I can get a product that's filled with a bunch of ads by buying Google products or Samsung products much cheaper um, yep. and, and get the same functionality and the same irritation. And that's what it is for me is an irritation. You know, again, Apple has made their bones out of selling a, quote, premium product. And, uh, you know, I'm I. By the way, did you vote at the bottom of the article? <laughs> I didn't even get to the bottom of the article. I read the title oh. and went, should well, Apple exit the. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so you go over and you find out 75 percent of people who voted. Yeah, that's the sentiment. Yeah, it's like Apple should not be <laughs> selling ads. It, the the what it you know I mean one of the best ways to predict behavior is to understand what people's motivations are. I mean that's one of the things that economists talk about all the time is well what is what are your incentives right? Right. And 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 the incentives for somebody or a business that sells ads and a business that sells premium products are not in alignment. And as a result, you know, you're going to muddy the direction and incentives of the company by trying to do both. And I think it's just a really poor poor choice for them to yeah. to grow, you know. Anyway, it, if you if yeah. you add up the uh unsure or other and above uh, mm -hmm. meaning absolute side, uh, you get over 95% of the people who say, yes, uh, it was only seven point, uh, well, a, a little yeah. over 8% that say preferably not, or absolutely not. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I don't understand what their motivations for it are, but this is, you know, this is something that Apple really needs to understand. And yeah, well, their motivations is dollars and cents. Yep. They see this as a revenue source. But yep. again, that's a very short-sighted uh, perspective. And I hope that people at Apple will read this. I have actually heard several different podcasters that are well-regarded saying the same thing. Um, you know, we're saying the same thing. Hopefully somebody at Apple out there is listening and going to say, hey, wait a minute. This is really, you know, painting us in a bad light. And, and we should really reconsider how we're going about doing this. Yep. So anyway, uh, yeah, we, we beat them up now, right? Yeah. No more passwords. <laughs> now we can pat them on the back for getting rid of passwords, right? Setting yeah, up pass yeah. keys. This is something yeah. that was introduced in iOS 16 and, uh, uh, the most recent versions of Mac OS and iPad OS and, uh, yay for all, the cool stuff that does that, um, you know, pass keys is a, an industry. That's what it's Apple's term for an industry standard um, methodology where we're going to move towards not using passwords to to protect things. And I'll tell you what, you know, that's that's it can't happen soon enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apps absolutely. and websites that work with pass keys already. You can go to Best Buy. Carnival, Dashlane, eBay, GoDaddy, Google, Kayak, NVIDIA, PayPal, Safari, and WordPress. Yep. Um, I expect that we're going to see a lot of... That's short list. It is. <laughs> it is. And, but the thing is, is that was when this was article was written. I bet we're going to be seeing more and more every day go to this. I expect oh, yeah. that we're going to see a lot of people's banks go to passkeys pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just much better, secure, safer way of doing things. Yep. And so... Um, yeah. Anyway, it goes through. It's pretty easy to to do. Yeah. You know, once 
Right. Well, and the thing with it, too, is is that if a website or an app sets up to, to accept passkeys, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. they can't still also accept passwords. So if you have a device or an operating system that doesn't yet support passkeys, you know, they're not alienating you. They're yep. just saying, hey, this is the future, and, and we're, we're now being accepting this. And eventually, we're going to see, you know, companies start phasing out the use of passwords. And at some point, you know... Uh, we're going to have people who are going to go, why on earth would you have ever tried to remember password? What, what, what? You had to remember how to log into something? You had to put in information that you just kept in your brain somewhere or had written down on a piece of paper? And then, yep, that's exactly how we did it. And yep, it was written down lots of places. And yep, it was incredibly insecure because of that. Or people used simple passwords and used the same one lots of times because it was too much for a human brain to handle. So passkeys are, are going to solve that problem for us. So, yeah, there's a technology that's that was, you know, can't get here soon enough. So uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, that was the one that was about the uh, more about hiring and firing. Apple TV 4K. This is and we um, kind of went over this the last time, I think. But this article seemed to be a much more in depth and uh, mm-hmm. a better review. Uh, I after reading it, I, I was inclined to get it. But I don't have a 4K TV yet, so right. that's you know tied to that. Yeah. So, but this was kind of on my Christmas list of a 4K TV and a and an Apple TV to go with it. Right. The guy says that he, the previous version of the 4K model he didn't recommend to others because of you know for the price you didn't get as much as you did maybe with others. Right. Uh, well, options, it basically went from $179 to $129. Uh, and, and more realistically, it went from $199 to $129 because uh, the 64 gigabyte version previously was 199 and now that's the starting version at 129 So they've dropped the price significantly. Yeah, um, so that that's what makes this now a, a quite a good value. Right. So, and, uh, and it apparently the- uses the same chip as the iPhone 13, but they're saying it's a binned version, so it has one less CPU and one less GPU than was in the iPhone 13. Um, so these are chips that, that probably had a flaw in manufacturing and one of their CPUs or one of their GPUs didn't work. And so they're just saying, hey, we'll uh, take those and, and, uh, and use them in this other thing because it's still, they're saying, about 40 to 50% faster than the, its predecessor. But anyway, I'm glad to see this review because I mm-hmm. uh, this just sold it to me now that uh, yeah I definitely want one. I might even get it before I get the uh, get the TV. Just, yeah, just because of the price, you know, the Black Friday prices or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, the the addition of HDR10 Plus, which you know, if you have a Samsung TV, will support uh, their standard. Um, um, but any HDR television, which all 4K TVs are, will now be supported um, at, yeah. at whatever the maximum level of, of control that HDR, that TV supports. Um, you know, I, the one thing is, is they say it's, you know, 129 although for 20 bucks I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't hesitate to get the 149 device because it adds, you know, doubles the storage. It, uh, and, and to me, importantly, it, it adds... Um, an Ethernet port, so if you're in a spot where you can run Ethernet to it, that's going to give you a better, faster, and more um, uh, less less clunky experience than Wi-Fi. That said, Wi-Fi works pretty good most places, but not everybody has great Wi-Fi in their house. It just depends on how you've got it set up. 
and uh, you know, a lot of people aren't aren't um, you know, the, I would say most people, the Wi-Fi in their house is the Wi-Fi that was set up by their cable provider or their you know their their ISP. They don't have their own you know um, uh, routers and stuff in their house. And so mm-hmm. they, they don't really have any control over, you know, like where there's dead spots in the house for Wi-Fi co- connectivity and things like that. Um, so a physical connection is always going to be the the gold standard. And then lastly, the thing that I think is important, which not everybody does, but I think I, I wouldn't buy a device that is part of my smart home that doesn't have a thread radio in it. And so you only get that if you buy, if you spend the extra 20 bucks and get the 128 gigabit model. And that to me was the biggest head scratcher. Like I can understand paying extra for the physical port and for the extra storage, but the thread radio costs pennies. You know when you're building this thing, why yeah. isn't that in both of them? In fact, it probably costs them more to make some with and some without. My guess is is it's probably in both of them and it's just disabled in some, um, because I can't see that they would manufacture two different boards, one with and one without the the thread radio. But that you know. That is the future of smart homes is, is you know, it's, it's a major part of the, the new matter standard. And the biggest thing with thread radios over the previous um, uh, connectivity standards is the latency is significantly reduced. Right. Um, and, and that makes a big deal. You know, when you say, hey, Shlomo, turn on the lights, you don't want to drum your fingers for 10 minutes waiting for the lights to come on. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. and and. I've had a smart home for quite a long time, and previous Bluetooth and, and Wi-Fi versions, there would be just this long pause, you know. And I say 10 minutes. That's, you know, it wasn't that long. But it's, you know, I expect, say, turn on the lights, and then the lights to come on within a second or two at the most. I don't want to have to stand there waiting in the dark for the lights to come on, you know. Yeah. I could walk over and flip a switch, you know. If it doesn't come on quicker than I can walk over and flip a switch, then it's failed in my book. <laughs> And uh, and Thread has solved that in a lot of a lot of ways, right? So yeah. anyway, uh, the next article uh, I uh, indicated that it does have some mm-hmm. limiting things if you don't have a current phone. But I'm happy to say that my iPhone uh, runs uh, iOS 16, which is the requirement mm-hmm. for. It's, they talked, they called it upgrades. I don't like that terminology, but it's just features that now come with iOS 16. Right. That, that allow you to do some other things. And some of them are big deals maybe for some and, and don't care at all for others. But, uh, anyway, Mm -hmm. clean energy charging. Yeah. uh, I can't see that, you know, that that's not a feature for us, but it's a smart thing to, to do yeah. to some, be in there. Some people right? care about it. And so, yeah, yeah. it's just, why not? You know? Yeah. Well, uh, and that's one of the things we've talked about with Apple devices for years is that, you know, my, my phone, when I quit using it, when I, when I hand it down to my child or, or trade it in does more than it did the day I bought it because their operating systems continue to add function and features to the devices as you've owned them. And they've been that way since day one. Absolutely. That was, that was one of the reasons for this smart stuff because the software is upgradable. That's the wonderful thing about software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's always but, been a feature of computers that they, they upgrade. As, right. But unfortunately you know, for a lot of the people who own um, uh, uh, Android devices, 
The upgrades were few and far between, and the functions and features very often didn't work on previous models. So you had to upgrade your phone in order to get the upgrades. Whereas well, iOS, uh, you can uh, you can have a uh, all the way back to the iPhone eight, uh, which is um, let's see one two three four five six five 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 generations back, and well, that phone is still receiving new features via software updates. Well, all, all of this has to do with, with Apple's walled garden, as they like to refer to it, mm-hmm. meaning that there's the only place you can get upgrades. And there's benefits to have that being limited. That means that you can uh, service everybody with the latest and greatest. But if you have multiple places like the Android system, uh, which they've always had, uh, I don't know how many places you can download apps from, but it used to be a half dozen or more. Oh, any website uh, could be set know, up to to upload an Android app. Yeah, uh, there's there's no good way to really manage all of that so that so that you're uh, see, but operate, uh, but OS upgrades and and the walled garden, I think, are two separate issues. I mean, the walled well, garden, you, you know, limits where you can get apps, but the it, the OS upgrades have to be done by the manufacturer of the phone. And historically, they've been, uh, on the Android side, very slow. I mean, they've gotten better, but they're very slow about that. And then, you know, providing upgrades to the latest version of Android. And then the latest version of Android doesn't always work on last year's phone. You know, they it's it, that right. was a major complaint for a long time. And again, I think they've gotten better at that. But, you know, I don't want to buy a phone this year and then next year not be able to take advantage of some of the new features of the operating system because it just doesn't run for my phone. Or, you know, it'll take you six months after it was released for it to be available for my phone. Whereas, well, you know, that, Apple's that, upgrades are available day and date of release for all the phones but, it but, supports. But that that all goes back to the first beginnings of Google wanting to get on to every manufacturer's system with their operating system. And so, therefore, they didn't have a lot of control or constraints on the uh, on the hardware it was running on, you know. So you right. had a jillion different varieties of hardware trying to support, uh, yeah. you know. And the operating system was supposed to be a layer to make it all then work together with right. a unified set of apps, you know. Right. Well, that's why when I when so, I used an Android phone for a month, I very intentionally bought a Google Pixel phone because it was from Google. And I knew right. that any upgrades would be available quickly for it and that it yep. would work on the most recent versions of the software because it was, you know, they owned the hardware and the software. And you yep. just don't get that same experience if you don't buy, you know, the Google Pixel phone on the Android side. Unfortunately, that really wasn't uh, a, the general public had no understanding of that constraint when right. they bought those things. Right. And so Android was a mess for a number of years and maybe still is. I don't know. Don't pay attention anymore. Yeah. But uh, they probably have worked out a lot of the problems. It's gotten better, but it's still, you know, it's it's when 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 the Google folks release a new version of Android, it's not available on Samsung phones that day. You know, it's available right. and it's only available on a limited number of phones. It's not like all of the phones for the last five years. Um like it is on the Apple side. And so it's one of those things where, you know, and a lot of people go, well, you know, my phone does what it does and I'm happy with that. And it's going to be that when I bought, you know, from the day I bought it. Um, 
you know, but those who, those of us who have Apple phones are like, yeah, mine does all the stuff that it did the day I bought it. Plus it now does these other things that, you know, it didn't, couldn't do the day I bought it because of software upgrades. So, you know, it's just, but it's hard to tell that to somebody who's using a phone that they, you know, they're happy with. But there also is a, a certain truism about the fact that even with Apple phones, unless you keep up with the latest, greatest hardware, you don't get all the features, you know, it's like iOS 16 has got a lot of neat features and, but I don't want to spend a thousand dollars to get a new phone just for a few little features, you know? Right. Well, it, <laughs> it depends on what those features, features are. I mean, there's always a few things that the new phone does and usually not always, but usually they're tied to new hardware in the new phone. It's not right. just a software decision to say, we're going to run it, we'll allow it on the new phone, but not on the, on the older phones. Um, and, once... and, and in general goes back to how much horsepower mm-hmm. do you have in the, in the computing right. hardware there so that it can support doing all these new things. You sure. Know? You know, so. but, but new and new, new operating system uh, updates generally go back at least five years. So if you've got a, you know, four-year-old, uh, four or five-year-old Apple device, um, you're picking up new features for four or five years, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, after you buy sure. it. Yep. So, um, you know, so that's why people on the Apple side look forward to, to when new OSs are released because A, it'll work on four or five years worth of products and it's available to everybody day and date release. It's not, you don't have to wait for some manufacturer to make versions for some of their models and not for others. Anyway, uh, so. regarding this, this particular article uh, with iOS 16 features, the big one that they're getting, making, uh, calling attention to are what they refer to as live act, live activities. Mm-hmm. And that's from support of the, things on the lock screen. In other words, you don't think about doing things with your phone unless you can see the dial right. first. And that's well, supposed to be in 16.2, which should be released before the end of the year. So anyway, uh, you, you don't have to do anything by like bringing up apps, even though you can push the little uh, mm-hmm. button there. Yeah, uh, it'll just be it on the lock screen. So you, you can say, hey, I want to follow the, the score of a game. And you don't have to launch your phone and find and and then launch the the MLB app or something. It'll just you know if you're following the game, it'll have that the score and all kinds like a, of routine things that people yeah. like to be able to yeah. follow. You know your flight status, right? You're, you're on your way to the airport, and you don't want to be able, to, especially with the new uh, iPhone 14s where the screen is always on. Uh, you can glance down and see your flight status without right. having to, uh, you know, unlock the phone and launch the the uh, flight uh, airlines app or whatever. Right. So. Yep. So anyway, they're they're definitely improvements in in terms of usability and uh, and value. Uh, a, a big one for lots of people is uh, Apple Fitness Plus mm-hmm. kinds of things that you can see on there. Uh, so that's it's another way to market the Apple Fitness that's more effective now, because uh, you can you can see the display on your phone now. It's been on your watch for some time because that's the obvious thing that's with you all the time. Mm-hmm. But for people well, who fitness, don't, don't Apple want Fitness to... requires that you have a watch, but the screens that it supported were iPads and and the Apple TV. So right. so, but the watch gives you the biometric data that then is fed back to the system. Um, now they're saying you don't have to have an iPad or a Apple TV. So if you're traveling somewhere in your hotel room, you can actually do the Apple fitness workouts right off your phone screen. Right. So So. anyway, how are we doing here? Let's see. I think we've got a couple things left. 
uh, uh, yeah, oh, Black Friday they, deals. Oh yeah, this this is just kind of a fun thing because it it says here uh, when you get into the article that they have up to a hundred of them. You can go to another page, so mm -hmm. it's a fun shopping list of. Uh, oh, I'm, I was thinking of the last one down, the next one down. Be yeah. Best tech products of 22. Uh, I I probably enjoyed that as much as anything on here, mm -hmm. just because these are, you know, a whole assortment of all different kinds of technologies that were successful in 22. And so much so that, you know, you might, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're a conservative person and don't want to spend a lot of money on something, unless you know, it really works well, you can get on here and find out why this product was so good and why so many people like it. And, uh, and even products you probably haven't even heard of. A lot of them that I was unaware of because I don't, I sort of narrowly follow technology from just a few companies. Yeah. Uh, and so this sort of covered the waterfront. And uh, so it's called the best tech products of 22. So if you want to go online, it was on the Flip It app. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that was a really, it's, a, it's my kind of shopping. I like to go see Yeah successful stuff that you can buy and know you're getting something that you're going to mm -hmm. like most likely, yeah. you know, it's a gear patrol website is the one that lists the, the thing. And they've got things that, that, you know, they've got like the new Apple watch ultra is one of the things they've got Sonos speakers listed, uh, some Sony headphones. Um, you know, they've got some photography equipment. They kind of cover lots of different areas. Basically it's yeah. like, Hey, here's some neat stuff. Check it out. And, right. uh, and they explain why it's notable and how it sort of fits in the bigger picture of that particular marketplace. And so, yeah, yeah some cool stuff. Oh, uh, and, uh, not always, yep. not always inexpensive. They, they've got some KEF speakers here that are, you know, $1,400. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, if somebody, enough people bought mm -hmm. them and it made it successful, you know, maybe it's worth, worth $1,400. Yeah. But it, it, I, I thought it's a, it's just a, I used to look at, we get these Christmas catalogs as a kid and I just used to love looking at all of this stuff. It was a, sort of my favorite catalog before this was before digital or anything else. And it's this kind of article. That's kind of my favorite. Whoops. I'm getting a call right now. Uh, I'll, I have to accept it, Todd. I'm right. going to leave you for a minute. All right. Bye. Ciao. So anyway, oh, I, I pushed the wrong button. Okay, <laughs> Been there, well, done that. I didn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's a, they've got a really cool list of stuff. They list a variety of different uh, cameras if you're into photography um, and laptops. A lot of cool stuff here. And the nice thing is, is it's all sort of um, uh, stuff that they have. Um, uh, you know, it's been kind of vetted and they, I like that they explain why it's cool. What's interesting about it. So it's a good website to go with. Um, this last one I thought was interesting. Why is there a red dot on the screen of your, your watch? If you're familiar with your phones, you'll sometimes see a red dot or a green dot up on the screen. And that usually is an indicator that the camera or the microphone is in use. Well, guess what? You don't have a camera, but you do have a microphone on your watch. So my guess, without reading this, is that's probably telling me that my microphone's being used. Um, and here's what it says. It simply means that you have received a notification. I, I have to leave you now. Yeah. I'm getting call again. 
I am trying to. I'm trying to get Yeah, to you it. do that. I'm going to hang up. We'll call it a day. I'll wrap things up. Okay. Bye. Bye, Todd. Uh, oh.